Hi, I'm Josh Givens. And I'm Stan Givens in podcast land. And welcome to this episode of Rescuing Churches, where it's always a great adventure discussing church revitalization and pastoral life. Learn more at 614ministries.org. And Dad, church revitalization really isn't just this ethereal concept, right, that we talk about. It's not just a made-up term that we throw around. Oh, no. Real deal. It's a real thing. Yep. We're in the grind, down in the trenches. Down in the trenches. Having a good time with some churches. And the need for it is a reality with so many churches in decline. And that's kind of what we want to focus on today, right? So this idea of church decline and how we can respond to it as pastors and leaders. Hello, and welcome to Rescuing Churches with Stan and Josh Gibbons. This is the official podcast of 614 Ministries, where we exist to renew vision and restore hope at struggling churches across the country. With over 80% of churches in decline and 1,500 pastors a month battling depression, we strive to equip members and encourage ministers to pursue new directions of stability and growth. One of, one of the things we want to do is understand the levels of decline. Some some churches decline really fast. Right. Um, it's like, oops, what happened there? Yeah, and they and never then, saw it coming. Yeah, and then some churches are just a kind of a slow fade, and the slow decline is just as painful, but a lot of times nobody pays any attention to it till it really gets to a high-needs point, and it becomes a real serious issue for those churches. Um, either way, the church eventually feels an impact to that. And there's this tone that gets set in that that's really unhealthy. You have what I call declining joy and declining energy. The energy of the church gets lower and lower. People show up with sort of a doom and gloom uh, deal rather than an excitement of being at church. It's Oh, it's, yeah, there, there can be a very depressing mentality. Yeah, and it, and it sets a tone. Uh, you know, we, we've called it here laughingly several times as we've kind of experienced that, the little black rain cloud that follows Winnie the Pooh around. Oh, yeah. It just feels just like there's this over little the black rain cloud yep. when you walk in the door, and that, that, that wears down anybody. Oh, yeah. Even even your high-energy positive people. Oh, Eventually, yeah. that's tough on them. So Yeah. Uh, and just statistically speaking, and those of you that have been listening to us for a long time, um, you all know that, and we quote this stat all the time, it's actually on the um, homepage of our website, that 80% of That's American right. churches are in decline. And as you said a second 80, ago, 80, 80%. 80% yes. of churches, that's what I said. Yeah, not a few. I'm just right. making sure we got that oh, in yeah. crystal clear. 80%. Eight, not a few. Eight zero percent of American churches are in decline. And it's why we need your help. We're trying to help those churches. Absolutely. We're it's, not masters at it, but we really do want to help somewhere where we can... Go help. We want to help. It's the whole reason that we're in this church revitalization ministry together with with our whole team of, of and our board of directors and everybody. Right. And I just want to say right there, if you're listening to this and you know some churches in your area that are struggling in decline, don't be afraid to pass along our information to them. Give them our website. Give them a phone number. Give them an email address. 
We will personally return their call. I sound like a lawyer on TV. Yeah, you do. We'll know. personally return their call. Um, we really do want to help churches that are in decline. It matters to me. It matters to us at 614 that churches are struggling, and we want to figure out a way to help that. So, right. And we don't charge. We just want to help. Exactly. A lot of this church decline can take a strong toll, like you mentioned, on the pastor. And, you know, there there can be a lot of challenges. There can be a lot of things that go along with that. And you've put together this list of six things that you did to help kind of get through that gloom of decline that you mentioned a second ago, that rain cloud. Um, yeah, well, then after the rain cloud, <laughs> you end up with all the negative talk. You end up with people that, you know, try to either place blame or understand what's happening. Right. So, so you end up with, you know, they're going to blame the pastor. They're going to blame some program we tried. They're, they're going to blame the people that left, you know, the, the people that are devout to your church still, they're going to blame people that left who may still be your friends. When they left, they still stayed your friend. So now there's this, it's, it's almost like civil war breaks out mm-hmm. and that only makes the rain cloud heavier and darker and, you know, thunder and lightning come from it. Exactly. So all the negative talk begins and it just makes it more and more miserable and your church gets this sense that something's wrong and everybody gets an opinion about that, but there's not any real good research going on with that. Um, and that's what takes the toll on your pastor. Boy, your pastor, when your pastor's at a church that's declining, either slow or fast, um, it just takes a toll on your pastor. Um, cause your pastor's trying to have this good demeanor. When you come to, when I come to church on Sunday morning, I'd like to have a cheery face, you know, I mean, not necessarily Disneyland style, right? you know, right. birds are singing and, you know, yeah. you know, cartoon characters on my shoulders. Yeah, we're not, we're not trying to be fake. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I would like to be positive. I'm here to, to present the positive hope of the gospel right. in a dark society. And when the church itself gets that darkness in it, it gets hard sure. for pastor sure. to remain positive, really hard. To come onto your campus and remain positive when everybody's negative. Sure. And, you know, I, with our decline, you know, several times in our last big decline, you know, I've had people that I really thought were the positive ones come in with the, what's wrong with our church? What's happening? And they're saying it within two minutes of being in the building. Right. Exactly. They see, they see the lack of numbers. Oh, yeah. They're like, what's wrong with our church? What's wrong with our people? Mm-hmm. You know, what's God doing to us? And there's all that negative, negative, negative. And, and you're just hoping that one person will come in positive. Yeah. And what happens some Sundays, just to be honest with you, is that the person doesn't show up. Exactly. You know, they're, everybody's just there kind of watching it all in a negative tone. Yep. And so you got to do something to help with that gloom and doom of decline. You got you to gotta find some things to help with that. Absolutely. Well, and you've put together a list here of six things that you did to kind of get through that. So we can just kind of take these one by one. Uh, the first thing you did, you said that you got very real and clear with your elders and your leaders. So tell us why that was important. Well, we were just talking about the doom and gloom deal. I felt it from the leadership, my elders, especially. And, and because I was saying in positive tones, God's not done with us. Let's see what God's doing. Let's have hope. I'm trying to speak the positive truth of faith into what God's called us to here. And they're seeing the reality. And then they're saying, I'm not seeing reality. So what I did was sit down with all my leadership team, elders and staff, right. lay staff and everybody. Yeah, and volunteers. Said, yeah. yeah, eventually we had a church meeting church about meeting. this. Yep. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, church-wide. Uh, but I just wanted to say, I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm, you know, I was preaching to a 
85. Now I'm preaching to 30. Yeah. I get that I, we're I in know decline. what's going yeah. on. <laughs> I, I can do the math. I can see the numbers from the stage. But, <laughs> and so I'm not pretending we're not in decline, but I'm not going to believe that we're not still doing the work of God at the levels we need to do it, that, that he's still leading us and we need to follow him and that he may have a plan um, I'm willing to look at all the issues, and that's part of what you have your leadership team and your elders meet with. Say, hey, absolutely, let's talk about you know. There's all these rumors that it's so and so's fault, and it's we shouldn't have ever started this program if we wouldn't have changed this time on Sunday or whatever. Whatever caused the whatever, you know, if somebody wouldn't have you know changed the bulletin or taken the pews out of the uh, whatever sanctuary. it is. Yeah, so whatever <laughs> it is, yeah. So, but but at some point, if you if you you have to be real, and that meeting is all about let's get clarity, have some transparency, and and I want to just tell you as a as a pastor, young or old, don't be defensive. Exactly, uh, be receptive to the information, gain the information. You may want to process it and have another meeting later. Don't necessarily try to answer everything in that meeting. You right. don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to solve everything. Hard for a pastor to think that, but yes. don't try to think you have to have all the answers. Uh, but face it with faith and hope. Have some hope. That God's doing a work. If God called you to that church, and God event at, at some point in time, God planted that church there under somebody's vision to oh, plant yeah. a church in that community. You're there for a reason. Yeah. Then then hang on to that hope of God doing that work, and believe it may be a season of hard change or a season of decline for growth. Right. Pr- pruning is also growing. It happens. So absolutely. And second in the list, and this kind of ties into the first one because we're talking about leaders and elders, is to make sure that your leaders and elders, staff, volunteers, understand that decline is not outside of God's work. Decline can actually be God doing a new work. Is this kind of like a perspective thing, like having the right perspective about church decline? Even even a biblical perspective, I would exactly. say. Um, th- things, for something to grow, there has to be... A seed goes in the ground, it has to die in order to grow. So if your church was already in decline and not growing, the Lord may take it down to a much lower level of decline, something you would not want to happen uh, in order to rebirth it or redesign it in a different way. And so, you know, I think you take your elders and you remind them that decline can be a good thing. And you take them to key verses, Philippians 1, verse 6. He who began the good work will complete it. Well, who started the church? Him. Right. He started the church. So he will complete it. Let's get on his page. Gates of hell can't prevail against the church. Galatians says, uh, Paul says in Galatians, Will you who began by faith now look to another method for ministry or for your own spiritual values? Right. If we started this work in faith, let's live it out in faith. And I understand what it looks like to, to, you know, to sit in a meeting and be told, I understand exactly what this looks like, be told we're going to have to cut your salary because the income's not there. Right. You know, at some point as a pastor, you're taking a personal slash, but you got to say, if I'm called to this by faith, we'll stand on this and we'll figure this out. God knows what he's doing. You have to remind the elders that God knows what he's doing. So one of my favorite verses in, in John chapter six, Jesus is, seeing thousands of people come over a hill to where he'd gone to retreat with the disciples and he knows they're hungry and he wants to feed them. So Jesus says to Philip, Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these thousands of people? The next verse says this, this Jesus said in order to test Philip 
for he himself knew what he was going to do. Right. So I need to understand if my church is in decline and I can't figure out what to do, he knows what he's going to do. Yeah, Jesus. I just need to know out. where to look, and where to look is Jesus. Exactly. Philip looked in the money bag; shouldn't have done that. <laughs> right. He tried to find the bread in the area; couldn't couldn't count on that either. Not enough bread. There's nowhere to do what Jesus asking to do except Jesus. Exactly. So we need to look to Jesus, and and I think it's a good way to remind your elders: let's trust God for what's going on here, and just keep walking faithfully through it. That's excellent. That's excellent. And then third. And we'll move into this again with your staff and leaders. Remind yourself as the pastor mm. and your staff and leaders and your elders about living by faith and not by sight. So, yeah, start with yourself. Yeah, let's talk about how faith plays into this because I agree. If you're not walking by faith, then you won't stand a chance. Right. And, and you got to really be candid and clear with yourself. You got to be self aware to know if your faith is lacking, if your faith is struggling. You have to get in the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Exactly. You have to ground yourself in the Word. You have to get, if you need other senior pastors that have been through hard times to sit with you and talk you through that, that's great. But don't neglect the fact that you need the Word of God and the people that know the Word of God around you to build your faith up strong so you can model the faith that the people need. I, you know, I'm, I'm just suggesting that once you get yourself in a good place, now you can have that discussion, right? You can have the discussion and you, you walk by faith by speaking faith into other people's lives. Um, you know, d- decide how you can do good works on behalf of the church, which is an act of faith, and do those. All right. That's excellent. That's a really good tip. The fourth in your list here is that as a pastor, you can call a close friend who's in the ministry and vent. <laughs> You can say the things that you don't necessarily need to say out loud to your trusted friends or the things you wouldn't say around your congregation, and you can get it out of your system. Right. I would just like to say I know that you have a couple of these in your life, (laughs) and this is a great piece of advice and a great tip for all the pastors out there, young or old, who don't have anyone close to them. And we'll give our phone number out. And we will give our you, phone numbers out need, if, if you need If you need them. us to form a friendship so you can vent, that's one of the reasons we're here. more than happy to help happy, with that. Happy to do that. And I have multiple pastor friends, local and not local, that I can call right. and just bend their ear yep. and say the things I should never say out loud in the church sanctuary or in my office or in a meeting. Uh I can I can get those off my chest. If you we tell people all the time when we counsel them, look, if you bottle up your frustration, it's going to build up and it's not going to be healthy. Yeah. That, that's true for it will us. Explode eventually. That's true for us as well. If it if it builds up, eventually you're going to blast a congregant. You're going to blast one of your sheep. Uh, you're going to regret how it comes out, and then you're going to have all this repair work to do that you don't need to do. So um, you can damage your ministry or even weaken. Or waste a good sermon because there's you, if you're ser- if you're seasoned with frustration on the inside mm-hmm. and seething, not just seasoned, but seething right. with frustration, it may come out in the sermon in a way you don't even know it's coming out. Sure, right. And by then it's too uh, late. 
Yeah, and then you're moving away from healthy teaching. You're move you're move more into a rant than a ministry. Sermon. And you've damaged your credibility and your ministry. Yeah, and, and you've wasted a Sunday where you could have been teaching people something to help them. Exactly. So getting exactly. out of the getting out of the decline that's got you there. Yep. All that stuff. So, yeah. And definitely don't want that to happen. But you should have a good friend um, in the ministry that you can help that that can help you with that and. And they may not even be in the ministry. Uh, I have a couple of lay people I've known for years. You know, they're very mature. Right. And they regularly just check in and go, hey, man, if you ever need to talk, yeah. you got my number. Right. And, and they mean that. Like, yeah. if you need to shout, call and shout. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. And then fifth on our list here is to be the voice of faith. So how does this work? Your your church and your fellow leaders, elders, volunteers have so many other voices in their lives right now, especially with the way that our culture is these days, politics and the media. I mean, it's crazy. So how do you become a voice of faith for them in the midst of everything else that they have going on? Well, we said it earlier, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And I think one of my favorite pictures is John the Beloved at the last supper with Jesus in the upper room. He's leaning against the chest of Jesus. He's literally got his head resting on the heart of Jesus. He's the one, and he's, we think he's just a teenager right? Um, at the time. He's the one disciple that showed up at the foot of the cross. He's the one. Um, he was willing to go through the hard things with Jesus because he had his head on the heart of Jesus and he could understand the thoughts and desires of Jesus. And he wasn't really happy with what was happening with the crucifixion of Christ, but he's there for it. And so I think, I think you have to look, you have to get close to Christ. If you're going through this valley, don't start looking for necessarily secular or psychological or um, definitely don't look in the business world for some model of business structure that's going to help you with your church. Get close to Christ. Try to listen to what he's saying. Revisit your own personal call to the ministry, your call to the church. As you know, I've been in a church before uh, where I was fired. Oh, yeah. And rehired on the same day. Yep. In the process of that happening, I I knew it. We kind of knew it was coming a few days before. Oh, yeah. And I just had to revisit. Lord, you called me here. So this is all you. It's not me. It's just you. And I'm going to wait and see how you accomplish what you said you would do with this. And I'm just, I'm literally going to just observe. And so uh, at some point you revisit your call and then you re-up, you reestablish yourself. Hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing for the Lord. And I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm not trying to get results. I'm just trying to be obedient. And that even goes back to the faith thing, walking yeah. by, walk by faith. And a, and a pastor, sometimes you just have to be obedient for the long ministry call. Yep. And, and let him work on the results. God adds to the number of a church, not a man. Absolutely. We build in vain if we try to do it ourselves. So let him add to the number. And God draws men and women to himself. You know? And and so you wait on the Lord to do the work. But you get faithful and really center yourself around the core of your calling. I believe every pastor, by the way, is called to disciple and shepherd well and teach well. So get those basics going. We've Mm -hmm. talked about those in other podcasts. Get those basics going. Absolutely. And then six, and finally on the list here is don't blame your congregants. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) That gets hard. (laughs) That's the phone call, by the way. That's the phone call. When you make the phone call to the friend as a pastor, and when your church is in serious decline and it's really getting critical, usually what you're going is, if only they would do what I told them to do. (laughs) If they would just follow the instructions I give them. Yeah. So, so, 
the, the real challenge is you're finding fault with them at this low ebb. Uh, and, and that's not the best way to lead them. They haven't been doing what you ask them to do the whole time you've been there for 15 years. Right. Right. <laughs> right? Exactly. So, so the, so the new, that sounds terrible, but so, so now that we're in decline, now that we figured out we're in decline, now is, you're going to blame is, them. This is real life though. This is yes. how real life. Now that we, we're in decline, you figure out you're going to blame them. It's like, well, they haven't, they haven't been part of the formula the whole time. Exactly. Right. We can't so, really blame them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's not what changed. It's not what's happening. Exactly. Culture's changed and there's a lot of issues with that. And churches need to identify some of that as part of what we want to do at 614 is come alongside and help churches figure out the cultural needs, some of the cultural issues, and apply your church's gifts to that particular need. Um, but it, it's real interesting to me. Most churches, the people aren't witnessing. They aren't inviting people. Um, you know, the church is in decline, and it's not the people's fault necessarily. But we, as pastors, we want to blame the people. So I don't think you should do that. And I definitely don't want pastors guilting your church into being something they're not, right? Don't guilt them into inviting people to your church. And, and guilt's never a positive motivator. I mean, you, you just... It yeah, takes yeah. way more energy in, to give it out, anything. and it only, it only lasts a short time. So yeah, no, ideally, you want them to invite people because they love the church. And they, when it's in decline exactly. and when there's a rain cloud, that love is very difficult to define. Oh, yeah, it's hard Which is why you got to get with your leadership and begin to work on that. Now, we, the next podcast, we're going to... Uh, take on, we'll give you some practical ideas of actually things you can do in your ministry to help with this decline. And we want to bring that about. Yeah, so. we'll put some practicals in front of you. This is going to be a two-part episode. This is part one. So mm-hmm. um, the next one right after this, uh, we'll move into that. Yeah, but segment. this one's about getting your head in the game. Exactly. And getting exactly. your people's head in the game. Exactly. And these these six things are great, great, great points. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Rescuing Churches. We hope you found this particular content and dialogue helpful and inspiring as always. And if you'd like to give us some thoughts and feedback on this episode, we would love to hear from you at 601-909-0614. Please leave us a voicemail. Please leave us a voicemail. Um, You can email us at 614rebuild at gmail.com. And you can always still follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 614rebuild.